A pandemic of violence floods the streets of major cities as cases of the media dubbed murder virus, MV20 soar, causing those infected to go on killing sprees. Caught in the middle, police detective Angela Miller finds her only trustworthy ally in the self-proclaimed psychic PI, Gerald Henry. As the two try to navigate the violence, they are drawn into new age guru, Abramelin Harvest's plot to heal the planet. Harvest's missive? The world is sick, and humanity is the infection. The cure? Murder. From the twisted mind of Sean C. Baker, author of A Collection of Desires, and Shadowplay in Book One, Kim and Jesse, comes his most vicious novel yet, Murder Virus. Available where books are sold. Welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I am Sean Charles Baker. I'm Ray, and uh, these are going to be special episodes that Sean and I are going to start. It's This is a new adjunct, kind of like a most horrible library called Sticks and Stones, where we're going, to, going to explore and uh, dive into the world and the aroma of uh, folk horror. Did you say the aroma of folk horror? No, yeah. Oh, the realm. I'm sorry. <laughs> the realm. <laughs> the aroma of folk horror. Well, I, I, I think imagine... the, ro- huh, the aroma Dung. of folk horror. Dung. I, would th- I would think. I would think. Yeah, I would think like probably a little bit of dung, some earth, blood, butter. But a butter is a good call. Butter's Fresh a good, very good butter. <laughs> good call. Good. Very good call. Very good call. Um, nice. I say dung so vehemently because uh, I when I watched The Witch again last night, I watched it on Blu-ray and one of the ex- I watched all the extras, and there's a lovely discussion at uh, Salem. It's in Salem. I I don't know that they said what theater it was. They might have. I missed it. But it was um, Anya Taylor Joy. It was Robert Eggers, and then it was uh, three historians. One was a professor, or they're probably all professors. Whatever. But they were talking about uh, one of them, one of the professors brought up uh, that they say with great literature involves all of the senses and that he really brought in the smell and they were asking about that. And he's like, well, the smell was dung. He's like, the more I read about it, the more I was surprised that dung could actually be like like a, a, a favorable odor because it was so integral to the farm and this and that. It was just, it was interesting. So, so those things you don't think about. That's funny. I mean, I've heard that before. Like, I, I there's a there, there's a radio show I listen to, and the people that host it, uh, without going into the radio show itself, but for the people that host it are both from Indiana, and, and the guy on the show will say quite often about how he loves the smell of horse manure because he grew up on a farm and like near horses, so he's just it's just the smell that he enjoys. It's the smell that like feels like home to him. So I could see how that would make sense. I yeah. could definitely see how that makes sense. So, okay. So what we really wanted to do, you know, there's, uh, 
Ray brought to my attention, and I'm uh, listeners, anybody with Shudder or even any eye on what's going on in horror right now will know that there, there's kind of this folk horror fascination going on. Shudder recently changed their the Shudder TV, the middle station from the Ghoul Log, and previously I think it was psychological thrillers. Now it's the folk horror yeah. collection, and they they got a lot of the the films that are in the Severn collection. They just put out the um, all the haunts BRs. They also added Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, which is the new documentary written and directed by Kirla Janice. Um, and really, there's there's just a wealth of stuff to to explore. And yeah, you know, I I think Ray, both of us, it could be said, have been drawn to this. I mean, you you are you impressed me to no end as far as you really come at film from a very historical perspective and and you know like when you when you found a fascination with slasher movies you've watched every fucking slasher movie you could get your hands on and yeah, i, mean, that's, I respect that i mean that's and you also have a like a titanium trap mind like you remember shit <laughs> i watch stuff and the next day i'm like uh i mean you know i i knew i remember saying somebody saying to somebody junior in high school like as the bong yeah. was passed to me like oh, one day i'll probably regret this <laughs> <I guess laughs> here we are because shit falls away no also i mean there's probably a little bit of that but also it's like we we all just consume so much media. I mean, I read yeah. how many comics a week. I don't know. Yeah. I'm always reading novels or short stories. I'm always watching movies and TV. So, you know, the analogy Absolutely. of trying to fill a shot glass with a, a with a five gallon jug, you know, that's what I always go back to. Maybe just to make myself feel better about the brain damage I suffered uh, upon myself early in life. But <laughs> at any rate, so. Coming at this, well, I do feel like we have gravitated toward these films over the course of doing the horror vision. I think there's that, and I think that I think it's just I, I don't know why, but like, I mean, there's things like possession films and horror. There's certain there's genres definitely, and for whatever reason, whenever it's been like whenever there's been like a full horror title, I felt like I I go to it and I watch it like. Um, and, and there's things that I didn't even realize, but I'm like, I guess, yeah, I guess that is folk horror. Like, yeah, uh, same. you know, you watch the kill list and like, yeah. as it progresses, you're like, holy shit, this is a folk horror movie. And there's that there's, um, uh, there's certain movie like Vi. I didn't even think about Vi, the, uh, the Russian, uh, the Russian. horror film. Um, but once you watch it and you're into it, you're like, wow, this is this is folk horror. Um, and for whatever reason, maybe it's the tie to history, um, the way that it's dealing with uh, so many different things. Like I, 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 one of the things that um, I liked about the documentary was that it, it attempts to go through and kind of give a little bit of a definition. And just to give uh, our listeners a little bit of a help, helpful concept, I mean, or if, if you probably already have got a little bit of an idea, but there's, there is a lot in it that fits, there's a lot that kind of fits into folk horror, and it almost becomes a thing of you know it when you see it. Yeah, um, definitely. But there's, there's a thing of the concept of paganism and witchcraft versus christianity that it occurs there is a lot of things about the land there's a lot of things about folk tales and the thing to remember is that folk tales most of them are likely evolved out of an explanation of what's going on in the world 
or a way to explain away like you know why did so-and-so disappear why did why does this happen like oh well, well yeah before science right before the yeah, advent exactly. of like empirical exactly. data and the processes to analyze analyze yes the process to uh, analyze the data yes but i mean but even still like there is the thing of we get to a later point and for example they, they talk about uh like stonehenge and and some other like items like that that uh or or even like easter easter the the stoneheads at easter easter island and mm -hmm. how do we explain some of these things that like we can't logically quantify or make sense of in our modern world that like we know how to move those kind of things now we know how to erect these buildings and the things like that we have because we have these pieces of modern technology we have things that can lift very big rocks like that very easily so how do we explain this yeah how did they do an occurrence it of maybe maybe there's things outside of our realm of understanding maybe there's more about our world that we don't get and we're not get we're not qualified to get anymore because we're not as natural as we once were uh and it's all becomes part of what folk horror is uh you know we have we have different movies that confront the concepts or deal with the concepts in different ways. And for whatever reason, we have been watching more and more of it than we thought. More and more. And, well, yeah. and, you know, like going back a year or two. So I had started a, it's funny because I, I had heard the term folk horror, obviously because of Wicker Man, right? Which I, I mean, I yeah. first saw 20 something years ago. Um, but I had been seeing things like, the droving and kill list and, yeah. and field in England. And I recognized that there was something in common with Wicker Man. And like, I started a list on my letterbox a couple of years ago called UK occult films. And I mentioned this on here before without name was one I talked about very briefly on here. And, and like the droving was one where I recommended it to you. And, and then you, when we were talking about doing this, this, this new series, sticks and stones, you said, Oh, and you know, we were like kind of going back and forth with, other more modern movies to include and you mentioned okay. that one i was like oh shit yeah and i really gravitate towards that stuff but i just i didn't think of it as the same thing as the wicker man but because okay so one of the definitions that the documentary makes right off the bat is folk horror is the juxtaposition between the prosaic and the uncanny and i feel like that's spot on yeah. and it's so really it's 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 such a wide thing that it can go so deep there are so many elements of this like the same tone or texture i my love for it was stoked over the like a couple of years ago warren ellis had a comic book um he did with declan shalvey called um injection and there were there were a lot of modern technological elements but there was a, an element of this as well and it's something that i feel like is very much more um I don't want to say predominant, but like filmmakers or artists seem more aware of it in the UK than they are here, because here we don't, we, you know, our country, we just raise everything and then build on top of it. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Where there, Stonehenge is still there. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. I've exactly. been to villages in the UK that like, look like they probably, there are elements of the same architecture there, whether it's the stones in the street or whatever that were there hundreds of years ago. Anyway. So I think you could make the argument like I love the, the elegance of what you said where like 
it's people trying to explain, you know, where did that person go? And they don't have the data or the scientific know-how. So they explain it in, you know, oh, well, it's this or that. And they make up stories. And really that's what movies are stories. And also really, couldn't you just say that like, how did man, one of the first things mankind, humanity did, pardon me, was they heard thunder and they said, what is that? And somebody said, it's God. Yeah, so really, the true. Bible is almost <laughs> a work of folk horror, you know. It, it is, yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I I didn't think about that, but I mean, I think the way that it, the I guess the UK is in the, is uh, a lot more prevalent, but uh, you know, Americans, I don't think we realize it, but there's there's things that like we do like that come up as folk horror yeah. um like uh they, they they talk about a little bit in um, the documentary about uh like voodoo and and things like that like you don't maybe you don't realize it but if you go back and you watch a film like um oh why am i blanking on the name angel heart oh yeah it's it's a folk horror story it's 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 about a guy who's made a deal with the devil and has to realize the devil the the the, the deal he made and pay for it um yeah. which is so it's a concept so steeped in 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 folk horror of like this entity that comes to you he's offered you this uh, he's offered you this trot this chance at whatever you want for it's for a, for a time and then you're going to have to pay him. Um, That's Faust, and, right? Yeah, it very much is Faust. Um, and he takes it, and then he realizes what happened. Um, but we do have these stories, and um, there's the concept of like a, of haunted spaces. Like that's another big thing in folk horror. Of yeah. like, um, it, it, it gets expressed in american films with things like uh poltergeist yeah but yeah. i love the fact that it gets brought up in the documentary and um we'll go into this movie more in the future but if, if anyone uh listening has seen the wind um yeah which was uh just I think about two or three years old if i remember correctly yeah we talked about fantastic fantastic western folk horror movie about a woman Going out west with her husband during um, the settle the times of settling settling the west and well, the frontier, it's just right? Her, the same, yeah. The frontier, yeah. yeah. It's just her and her husband, and then they meet another couple, and weird things start to happen, and it becomes that the wind itself, like just the being out there in nature, um, is frightening, and and they're 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 they're. they're to a certain extent, more modern people than like the people that once just lived in the middle of land. They're, they're they they live in cabins. They have clothing. They don't walk around naked. <laughs> you know, well, and they're, they're farther to... removed from the land itself, right? So the indigenous exactly. cultures live off of it and have a relationship with it. And mm -hmm. then as you get more modern, we move away from that. So that's where it's funny because the indigenous people come up with these myths or whatever this folklore to tell each other about the thunder and the lightning and whatever and so they become acclimated to dealing with it and then the same kind of phenomena can freak people out who are not not used to living off the land and the haunted space the american frontier is the ultimate haunted space because and this yes. is where we're going to start 
you know, this episode is going to focus on a couple movies from that, but um, really it's, dude, the, the folk horror in the United States, it's not, we, we don't live side by side with it like they do in Britain or, or Europe, but it's, we're haunted by the fact that we came here and wiped out an entire race of fucking people and just got rid mm -hmm. of everything that they cared about and started over. And so yeah. think about it, dude, all those fucking like it's, and they talk about it in Woodlands Dark Days Bewitched. Like it's such a trope. It's, this is built on a native American burial ground, which first of all, so <laughs> it's total white guilt, right. Or Western guilt. Yes. But then also I love the way they point out that like, there's not really any such thing. <laughs> you know, like it's not like i mean yeah. all indigenous cultures burn their dead or, or whatever but it, 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 they didn't have the same burial practices so we just appropriate this it's the same way you know as white men have written history god is a white man right it's the same fucking yeah. bullshit it's just the same oh of course they're just like us they bury their dead and you know whatever well you know the thing the thing about uh poltergeist that gets mislabeled on that film is it's that not, they're, they're being haunted by the spirit of these people that are that are they built the this community over graves yeah not um, not a native burial it's site. not it's they're just, not native it's not a native american burial ground it's actually a strange uh white uh uh like cult a, a cult leader whose whose people all died and they buried them there on that land and being that they were like this J J jamestown kind of cult they they died uh probably pretty unsettled and angry <laughs> and now they're these unsettled angry spirits and the unsettled angry spirits you've now built graves on top of this space that they were living in um and if you want to go into the, the the into the one of the films we're going to talk about which is uh eyes of fire which is now so, wait, on, so um, real quick Shutter. so okay go before on. we go into eyes of fire so let's just let's just delineate the fact that like so we're going to deal with what was the name of the section in um woodland's dark days oh. bewitched you said call me from the valley american folklore so that's we're gonna the way we're gonna do these episodes for sticks and stones um they will be adjunct and other members of the horror vision may stop by but we we just have been kind of on this path ourselves so that's why we chose to kind of split off and do this but um we're gonna you know it's such a huge unwieldy topic that we were kind of thinking like i don't like I don't want to just reiterate what the documentary says. The documentary is three plus hours of just yeah. it's information. It's an information dump. So I thought, what if we start to sift through it? And like, I want our experiences watching these movies and what they mean to us and how they tie into the things that we know yeah. that fit into this. Uh, so we're going to start there. We'll start with that, um, that chapter. And then uh, really it's the American frontier, right? I mean, that's yeah. a large part of what we're going to be dealing with. And so we start with, what, what was the flick, Ray? Eyes of Fire. So, which I had never heard of before until Shutter added it, and then, um, I mean, it's kind of first of all, fantastic poster. Like, I don't know yeah. who does, whoever designed that poster. It like it's got this depiction of this tree that appears in the film uh, that looks in like a blue background. You can look it up. It's it's kind of amazing. And then uh, there's a on either side of it. There's like a create a valley of the sky that's created by these trees on either end. And then on either side, 
of the tree, there are these yellow eyes, these yellow menacing eyes, or looking eyes, looking out and, and like have shaped a red or create that poster. Kudos to you, sir. The story uh, is interesting. It's about this um, group of people. Um, well, actually, let me go back a little bit. Um, it's it focuses on these two girls that these two young young girls that have been found Fanny in the forest by the French. Yes, and um, Sally Klein they, plays Fanny, and Aaron Buchanan plays Meg. Wow, you're good. Um, and um, they have been found in the forest by, uh, or they've been they've come upon a the front a French settlement, and they're like, where did you? girls come from you know explain to us how you arrived here and so they tell them this story and um they were part of a settlement of a small group of people that have been basically taken in by a um oh by for lack of a better term a huckster a uh, a con yeah. man of sorts uh, this this um a, a, a cult leader <laughs> named Smite. Basically masquerading and, uh, as a minister, right? Yeah, exactly. And he's all about his books and, you know, and he, um, he because of his belief structure and because, well, also he's he's having an affair with a, with a married woman. Her husband is a trapper who goes out into the forest for very long periods of time to hunt and because he's out in the forest, she becomes uh, romantically entangled with this man and they get tossed out of their village. They get ostracized, uh, he and his followers, because of this relationship that he is having, this, this uh, romance that's happening. Um, and so they go, so they all kind of decide, okay, well, fine, we'll go out to the, this is a big country, we'll go out into the forest, we'll find our own place. Well, he's, I mean, he's almost hung. They almost like the, the rest of yes. the people in the in the little settlement, they recognize he's a huckster and and yeah. they basically go drag him out of bed and hang him. And then it's just, you know, so at the last minute he's saved, and then like you know, it's this family and him, and they leave. Yeah, yeah. And you know, so they're out, and almost immediately they're uh, they're happened upon by a group of I think they're supposed to be Indians. I I, did, I can't confirm that because we don't ever see them clearly, but they're shot at from the land there by with arrows. A couple of the because a couple of the men die, um, which does leave some psychic uh, turbulence or pain on on a couple of the characters. It, which comes up later um and then they get to land and then they start traveling inland and to try to find a place to settle at the same time the hunter has meets up with them because he comes back and finds out his wife has left with this man and so he catches up with them and eventually they find this abandoned uh like fort which was supposedly supposed to be settled on by um, the French. And while he's out hunting one day, the trapper is told by a group of Indians or either it's either before that or during it, I can't remember, but he's told about how the land, the, the native peoples believe that the land is cursed and the land um, 
has an evil on it and will come for whoever tries to settle on it. Which, of course, the minister, the the huckster is like, whatever. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, here. Yeah. I will the power God of God. Side. They we'll can't settle. affect us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and things start happening. Uh, they start seeing what they think are native people. They call them natives, but they're actually, they look like naked uh, white people covered in mud. Yeah, so what, um, I don't know if that's like, if that is just a... Was that a handicap of the casting or was that like intentional? I don't, I don't think it's really known. I think it's intentional. Um, and now here, this is my take on it okay. uh, because I understand where you're coming from. I absolutely do. Um, but I think it's intentional. And the reason I say it's intentional is because they don't define the evil as being uh a native american evil it's just defined as an evil so i think that the evil comes in a way that is familiar to the people uh is familiar to the people that it's it's coming for if that makes sense yeah that and so makes and, and, sense. i love that plus we know plus we know from uh from the stories and from uh there's a couple there's one there's one or two characters that have visions including this um girl who's supposed to be mad who's take who's, Leah. whose mother was killed as a witch um we get this we get these visions and and statements from her as well as a couple of dreams from other characters about how there was these French that came and settled and the evil took them all. So they're all dead. They're, the evil has taken all of them. So if anything, it could be manifesting as what they look like too. Like we do see them very briefly and then we don't see them again. Um, but we do see these naked people running around, which is interesting again, because Native Americans didn't run around just like completely stark naked. Um, so having these it feels like it's part of the lure to me of trying to get them out of the out, of, out from behind the walls of the barricade of the to have these like naked people running around, um, especially with the fact that it's butting up against the Christianity and the in the in the in the and the, the belief structure of this uh, of the of the minister or mm -hmm. uh, and his and what he says and about how you know. Um, bodies and propriety mm -hmm. um because we're also i mean there's also the thing of one of the ways it tries to toward trojan horse itself into their little incel community is that it uh presents them with this child this native american child that's just left in front of the yeah. in front of the fort and the and the minister is so arrogant as to think that like native american people would just give up a child as a gift to these white people and that's how he accepts it and thinks about the child as. And so his whole concept is we're going to take her in. We're going to clothe her. We're going to teach her Christianity and Christian ways. And we're going to, you know, we're going to save her from the, from the world. Um, when in fact, she's this Trojan horse for uh, whatever evil is out there. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the evil, I love the way the evil is manifested. Oh, I, I love the look of it. Um, it 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 does. I mean, I, I think one of the things that the film kind of suffers from in this modern age is that you're watching it, 
And it's clearly old. It's clearly like, it's one of those things where you can tell that the special effects worked for the time and they yeah. made it for the time um, because they didn't think that anything was going to come along and have such clarity like our modern TVs do yeah, yeah. and our modern cameras do that it's a little bit like when you first see a TV show when they first started filming in high def yeah. and you're like, whoa, why is that person got so much makeup on? What is happening? They look like some kind of street whore. And the answer is because they were still touching up people's faces for the cameras before the HD came along. So once yeah. the HD came along, they had to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have to approach this with so much more subtlety than we did before. So it does, I mean, there's a little bit of a cheesiness to the way it looks, but you can tell what they were going for. Yeah, it, it's it, fantastic. It transcends, I feel like it transcends. There's definitely elements that are dated. So it, it came out in 1983, written and directed by Avery Krauts. Um, he did like two other movies, one of which I have a feeling you might have seen called The Invisible Kid from 1988. It just looked like an 80s movie you would know. Um, oh, yes, I have seen that. I had a feeling, not, you know, not, I'm just saying, I know that's one of your wheelhouses. Oh, my God, so. I can't believe I know that movie. <laughs> Uh, I it's can totally so believe you know that movie, but um, one day it would be cool if we watch it. Uh, but anyway, so this was a lost movie from what I've read. Like this movie didn't really? really get any play and nobody really gave a shit about it. I don't even think it, it was never available digitally. I'm not wow. sure if it was available on VHS or not, but um, this is the first time this has been, you know, so this is in the um, the uh, Severn Films, All the Haunts BRs set. And this, they're the first people to, to go and get this and clean up. And it, they, it's a wonderful restoration, but it does, as you say, you start to see some of the shortcomings of the effects and the makeup and whatnot. It's not terrible, though. I mean, no, no. You know, they use a lot not of by that. any means. Uh, and, and in fact, I, I was saying to you, I really wonder, I don't think it necessarily works like this, but it, there's so many things about this movie that remind me of David Lynch, where like, the way that the naked mud people appear where it's just like they, I don't know what the technique is called to do this because I don't edit film, unfortunately. Um, but it's like, they just appear, you know, so you can tell that they've been like spliced in and then they just start running oh. around and then they cut yeah. out or they fade out things fade out or fade in. It's a very dated eighties effect, but it looks yeah. to me a lot like what he did with some of the Dugpa stuff in twin peaks, the return um the the witch that is eventually uh we eventually see is you know the kind of penultimate evil in eyes of fire I, i'm yeah. trying to remember do they call it a witch or is there was there a specific name for it um oh what's that what what is the name of the girl the the um the 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 the, the, uh, the, nut, Leah the is the girl? psychic Leah. oh wow i didn't notice that before but on the um on the IMDb page for Eyes of Fire, she's listed as Leah, Queen of the Forest. Yeah, because, dude, at the very beginning, when the French, in somewhat questionable accents, are questioning Meg and um, Fanny, the two girls that survive, or, or actually make their way to you know some form of civilization after they escape, and they yeah. say, uh, you know, how did you come here? Like you said, they think that it's some, like, you know, somebody... Uh, encroaching on their territory and they're explaining we we yeah. the queen of uh leah the queen of the uh, queen of the forest you know saved us from the witch or whatever whatever it is they say yeah 
Um, yeah, the witch. It is the witch. Um, yeah. But that looks a little bit like the dumpster witch, as I always call it, in Mulholland Drive. There's just things that, that really uh, reminded me of David Lynch. And I wondered if he had maybe seen it back in, you know, 1983. It's, it's very I wonder that, too, as I was watching it. Um, I, th- I can't remember if there's a name for it. It's called The Witch, um, mostly by Leah. She's the one that tells Marion the Trapper um, about how to defeat her. Yeah. And like, which is something that like, I, I, you know, that's, a, that's another thing about this that I was like, that's really cool. Like there's a point at which Leah dis- disappears into the forest. And then she just becomes this ethereal character that's like, uh, almost like a fairy that is yeah. helping them. Um, and in the explanation becomes that like maybe like what they what the way they describe her mother as being a witch and her she having had her watched her mother get uh, executed in front of her that like I don't know I feel like maybe part of the explanation is of that character is that like she's what they took as a as a witch was actually some kind of like fairy folk yeah blended into 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 a uh, human society. And that what they interpreted as like evil, we have to get rid of it, was actually this fairy folk. And Leah is very much of uh, is very much uh, living between the human society and and this natural world. And 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 when she disappears and then shows up to help them again, it's because she's become a lot more ingrained in that natural society, natural world that's where she should be living. Um, and one of the ways that is that she is able to defeat uh, it, it, one of the ways they're able to defeat is that it's not just that Marion fights off the witch and and kills the witch her power then becomes Leah's and so Leah becomes a force for benevolence and good in yeah. this space um but one of the things I I I and then the, when I stopped myself and when I was uh talking about uh, poltergeist was that this brings up the thing of in American folk horror of the concept of spaces not necessarily being haunted by evil by like by like the spirits of people that were killed on them or anything like that. It's so much more of a concept of almost psychic trauma, um, and that the space having had something evil happen on it or have having something happened in the space um becomes traumatized scarred by what happened and so the the space itself is is traumatized and what we're what you're experiencing is that trauma and that evil because it's the the land or the temporal area whatever you want to call it is is stuck is scarred um, yeah, I mean, I mean, and that, like, you see that in a lot of different things where it's like the yeah. haunting is—it's this energy, this residue, or whatever. But also, yeah, like, exactly. It's not just haunting too. Like you get. So I remember years and years ago reading uh, Grant Morrison edit kind of in an interview talking about. Um, if for those that know don't know now, like you know, rock star famous comic book author Grant Morrison talking about how <laughs> the way that society builds and builds and builds and builds we're we're taking away we're like building on every available space and we're eliminating these kind of like 
sacred in between spaces you know like when i grew up there was a, yeah. a prairie across the street from our first house and and it was it, it was a sacred in between place to the kids because you know it had really really high grass that you could get lost in and stuff like that you know later when i when i moved out into the the areas of the south suburbs of chicago where there's forest i mean forests and that's what we're dealing with here on the frontier where like in this movie and also like the witch which we'll kind of segue to in a bit but like you're surrounded by forest and how how many yeah. how deep is it like who, who knows and just because yeah. you know this is the thing like just th there are thin spaces you know that's a thing that's uh, is in a lot of horror fiction fiction in general but like stephen king and just so so much stuff and the idea that okay there's you know, three miles of forest between, you know, 88th Avenue and Keene Avenue or whatever. Well, what if it's more than three miles? Just because it's three miles on the map doesn't mean when you walk through it, it's not 10 miles. Because what if there's a thin space that you would slip into some other place while you're there? That's interesting. So I've always loved those concepts. And this is one of the things that ultimately has, has really kind of brought me into the folk horror thing um mm. and th those spaces though are being eliminated so that i think yeah. i think with especially in the states there's so much anxiety and guilt and 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 fear and a lot of it is like so look we came white people came in we were afraid of the natives and we thought oh they're mm. savages fuck them whatever but like we're we're afraid of them <laughs> so we wipe them out yeah we're um afraid of minorities you know i mean i'm not but i'm just saying you know i'm not afraid of natives either but i'm just saying so you know look at the white flight in the late 60s early 70s and then like the kind of which is a, goes into another element of folk horror the kind of back to nature movement that like now all of a sudden a lot of white people are moving out of the cities and going to you know oh these rural places and it's we're always afraid of, of anything different or what we don't know. And there's so much of that in our society. And I think that informs so much of what you're seeing in these movies, whether it's, uh, you know, stuff like this, where it's with the indigenous people. And it's another thing they talk about in Woodland's Dark Days Bewitched is this kind of idea of like the indigenous people are there to kind of like be... A monster or to, to to bestow some wisdom or whatever but they're not even really treated as people and they're just going to be extinct anyway because this is kind of this manifest destiny of the land or the race or whatever it's funny i didn't expect there to be this much race tied into this but they're definitely i mean there's no doubt about it yeah i get it exactly well i mean you know the thing is uh, um when you say the the way that the the really i think and it, I think it works with America, especially with American folklore. The reason that I think the um, indigenous people become much like there is in some, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some Australian stuff that happens where like the indigenous people recognize what's going on with the land and understand it more than the white people. And the white people are just like, oh, well, that's your old superstitious nonsense. I'm yeah, not gonna believe we it. We know better. Superstitious nonsense. Um, I think it becomes that in American and like other colonial horror it, because in the UK, 
it becomes a butting up of old world culture versus new world culture. And well, it's, like it's with Wicker pagan men. versus Christian and things like right? that, which is another exactly. thing. It's pagan versus Christian. The exactly. Romans came in and said, you're a Christian now or you're fucking dead. So it's the exact yeah, exactly. same thing. It's it's just imperialism. It's, it's just what it's what people fucking do. Unfortunately, not all people, but people, you know, guns, germs, and steel. Like that book says, it says it all. It's like, the people that become that get these advancements or whatever they did just don't use it for the right thing because they're not worried they start to take for granted anything that is natural and they look at it as stupid or backward and like no you know and it's so like yes no i know that there's three miles of forest between 88 80th avenue and keen avenue it's like that's what the the scientific the the modernist will say and the indigenous person might say there's not well, it's, look at my map. I used a, a satellite to, you know, whatever, to geolocate, make geofences or whatever. And the, no, yeah. it's not. You, you can walk through, it'll take you two days. And the, the, from there, like, you could just tell a million fantastic stories and you can outline a lot of this. And, and the horror comes from fears and anxieties and and this ki- this whole kind of struggle because that's what we are. It's I mean, just as a fucking species, it's what we do. Yeah. We struggle in one way or another. Exactly, know? exactly uh yeah and i uh, it's interesting um it's interesting because of how it in in some of these stories how it manifests like in eyes of fire it's it's concept is it's it's a it's a dark spirit it's a witch um and it's it's more about something trying to amass power and gain these uh, spirits of these people because it gets more and more powerful that way. Um, but it's not the devil. It's not like it's not you. It's it's just this indiscriminate evil that exists. Um, uh, whereas there's other stories where it is the devil, where it's a lot more of like this is the devil. This is the devil butting up against. Christianity and as I said before we started recording in this episode and some of the movies we've been watching and getting ready for this um, I find it interesting that when when with some of these stories that like and maybe this is a good pray maybe good uh like transition into this one of the other movies we want to talk about tonight um of how the we when we, these stories tend to have people that are um be good transition into another movie we watch because I, th- I find it interesting that especially with a lot of the, we, with a lot of these stories um the way that, that we have these belief structures these old world belief structures like an evil spirit or the devil or whatever else paganism butting up against usually some kind of either christian or some other religious zealotry that like mm-hmm. the people that are experiencing these things the way that they express the world, the way they understand the world is to explain it as either part of their religious experience or opposing their religious experience. It's not just like, oh, that's just something that fell over. We just had a little shake. It's the devil shakes the house. The spirit does that. Like, you know, the God gives me this. Uh, Jesus provides this. It's like, we're cursed. It, it it's interesting the way that these stories uh express that and how yes um it's one belief structure butting up against another belief structure yeah for dominance right yeah 
Exactly. Uh, which just goes back to what we do is we struggle. So the movie, I believe you're you're intending us to segue to is Robert Eggers 2016 fucking masterpiece, The Witch, correct? Yes. Yes, exactly. And I mean, we were saying before I started recording, like Ray watched it earlier today. I watched it last night. That's the third time I've seen it. And I mean, it. it I remember the, the I saw it in the theater like opening weekend. And that's a movie I have forgotten nothing. Like it just it resonates with me a yeah. lot. And one of the things is it, it it really, and I'm watching last night, I was saying to Ray before we started recording, God, it just shows what a stupid fucking species we are. I mean, everything with the, the only people in that movie, I feel sorry, for, the, the old person is Thomason. Other than that, I mean, in the baby, but you know, they're gone so quick, whatever. But, but I mean, everything is either god gave us this or you know like there's a part where he's like well we will take fast tomorrow so that we can like think about our sins or whatever it's like no you're taking fast tomorrow because you don't need fucking food so you can spend yeah, it exactly. any way you want pops right exactly then, exactly there's a, a scene early after uh the baby disappears where the mother is you know so bereft and like the father and, and Caleb, the eldest son, get up and, and Caleb's like, should I wake the others? He's like, no, let them sleep. You know, the gray day like this, the devil like weighs your lids or however he says it. And it's like, oh my God, he even uses, he even uses the devil to explain oversleeping. No and it's not even oversleeping. Like they're not up at the crack of dawn. So it's the devil's work. It's like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. Yeah. Take some responsibility <laughs> for your own fucking life. Which, which makes me wonder if like, because at the beginning of the film, we watched the family get uh, get cast out. Oh, would you love to and, know? <laughs> would you uh, love to know? <laughs> what I would love to know is that because, because we're presented, like the next scene after that, after they leave the village and they're all, and they're packed up on their little cart and it, the next scene that cuts to is when they have their farm and it's Thomason praying to God. And, 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 and I wonder like, was, which is crazy to think, but like, it's very possible. What is it like, was our family, that family that was like, they're there and everyone else was like, dude, too much. Like he was like, Oh, gray days, it's oh. the devil. He keeps people asleep. And they're like, yeah, it's also cold and wet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, like, you might be right. That's, this that's guy, actually... man, can you believe this guy? Like everybody's like, "Dude, did you talk to him today?" Because yeah, I, I told him about how the how how what a dry season it's been, and and he told me the devil dries out the earth and and with his warm breath, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure does." Well, I gotta go. I, yeah. And, and then I left. But then he started chanting about the devil behind me. And I was like, wow, too much. Too much, bro. Like, Dude, I think you're right. Because it is. They don't tell you what. But there's the, the, as the mayor or whatever in him. Like, there's a little bit of a back and forth. And it is based on. What? They talk about something about the way he is preaching. Or he's not a preacher. But something yeah. about the word of God. I'm yeah, like, there is. Right. There's a thing about like, where he says, where he's fun. saying to him, like, uh, you know, like you, you, the way you talk about God and the way you preach God um, is in violation of this community. And then he said, his retort is, I will not talk, I will not be talked down to by someone who doesn't know how to preach the word of the Lord. And like the guy's like, okay, I've had enough of you. 
And then there's the scene when they leave, when they're, when they're, when they're rolling their cart out. Um, I didn't, I didn't notice it the first time I saw it, but this time I was like, well, that's weird. So I thought they were already behind, beyond the walls. Cause they're watching, like you, 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 the camera is giving you the perspective of Thomason who's watching as, watching yeah. as they're riding away out of the village. But then they ride out and just before they ride out the gates and the two, the two men close the gate with their guns, there's Indians. They're Native, I'm sorry, not Indians. I, I kind of oh, hate that term. I don't know why I used it. There it's are Native fine. Americans standing there. They're looking at them like, whoa, what did those guys do? They got kicked out of the village. Like, I they, saw, I, they totally have this look on their face. I like, did go not back and watch. It's that. amazing. There's these three, Indian guys, three, three Native American guys, and they're standing there and they're like, whoa, they're going to make them go live out there by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the look that's how i interpret the look on their faces like they're like they like they must they, they it feels like they're like looking at them as if to ask what did they do wow because they're being really ostracized they can see they're being ostracized they've got their cart and they're like get the hell out of here and they're watching these white people kick out another group of white people and to them they must think like wow did they murder babies or something yeah what did they do? And wow. like, it's an interesting moment. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I definitely did too. I, no, I, I definitely I don't know didn't why see it that. struck me so weird. I don't know why it struck me when I was watching it today. But when I was watching it, I was like, "Whoa, that was interesting." Because I thought they were beyond the gate, and then you realize, no, they're closing the gate, so the Native Americans are inside of the fort. They're in you know, the community. It's so interesting that the the witch and eyes of fire, there's so many parallels. I mean, oh my God, there are so many parallels where it's like this group that has, you know, they're basically excommunicated, they're cast out of the protected area, and then they willfully like, well, we don't need them, whatever, and they go and they find this land, and it's almost like you know, in eyes of fire, they find that fort, right? But yeah, it's very similar kind of like journey. And then they set up shop and then it turns out like it's more, it's explained way more in Eyes of Fire that this land is bad, but there's definitely the information of that um, in The Witch where like, you know, the, the corn doesn't grow well, the, the uh, goats are starting to, you know, milk blood. There's a scene yeah. with the egg that cracks that it's like got the bloody chick in it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, is this the influence of The Witch and, and Anya Taylor-Joy was saying in that afterward interview that like some people's interpretation of the movie is that Thomason was a witch all along. She said that it's fine. Like, that's great. It's what it means to you. That's was not my interpretation. She said, because uh, she feels like it was a question from the audience and the guy in the audience had said, like, I really feel like, you know, they point the finger at her to the degree that it ultimately turns her into what you know it's like they need an explanation they need somebody to blame so they blame their own daughter because they can't blame it yeah yeah you know but is it the land is it it's it's so i I don't know but anyway that's an interesting take on that because my interpretation especially of the second viewing is that from almost from the get-go the the younger children um are talking about how thomason is bewitched and almost from the get-go like when the when the baby disappears which is so unfortunate you feel so yeah. bad for her when it happens but that's that's another crazy scene when you think about it like it, it cuts from like her playing peekaboo 
to like because their eyes are not covered for that it's long seconds like if that's it's... supposed to be in real time it is seconds so yeah. that old crone runs from the edge of the forest grabs this child and is gone well or that she bewitched quickly. her in a way that slowed her down or you know she she was that's a possible like, i didn't think about that but that's a possibility that's kind too, of more but... how i see it oh um that's interesting it, i like i didn't think about that because you do see, like, when she opens her eyes again, and it's, like, the same interval. Like, there's a couple iterations of the peekaboo. Yeah. And then it's, like, that last one. It's about the same amount of, you know, an interval with her eyes yeah. closed. And she opens. You can just see, you see nothing. And then you just see, like, you see a the, branch you see, move, like, move, way yeah. off in the distance, yeah. right before the wall of the trees start. That exactly. Leads into the forest. That's um, a good way. That I mean... That you might be, you might be very spot on about that, and it like considering that, then it feels like it feels like they've been there. They're like, if you want to interpret that, uh, the actual everything is as is actually happening, then that it feels like that old woman working with the devil, working with Black Philip, they're kind of recruiting her. She then gets set up as the reason that Sam disappears. Yep. She's the one that does that Caleb disappears with and then comes back, but Caleb doesn't come back. And when Caleb comes back, it's he appears in front of her. He doesn't appear in front of anyone else. And then the kids are talking about how she's bewitched and Black Philip has told them. And like, you know, and like when he when the son when Caleb dies. And she starts shaking, and like the kids start shaking, like Mercy and um, oh, I'm forgetting, forgetting his name. The, the other oh, son. Oh, uh, uh, oh, god! But when they start shaking and having their little chanty weird moment, that like it gets it's it feels like recruiting. Then it feels like they're doing they they're setting Thomason up so yeah. the family turns on her, and then once they're all gone. He steps in and it's like, hey, this is my moment. I've well, got her now. Mercy and Jonas. So uh, one of the things I I don't remember if it if I thought like I, this viewing really cemented this for me. Mercy and Jonas. So there's a whole thing where the, you know they're uh, Caleb comes back and the father is blaming her and he they, they, she runs out or the mother's blaming her. She runs outside. Mother follows. Her. Father yeah. follows and he's like, just speak true. You know, yeah. and, and did you sign the book this night? She's like, I didn't. I didn't. She's beside herself because she's like, yeah, I, I didn't. And then she says, Jonas and Mercy, the twins, they are bewitched. They speak to, to Black Philip. He whispers to them. Um, and, and then it goes back to that scene by the by the brook where, yeah. you know, the, the takeaway is that um, Thomason scares Mercy by saying, I be a witch, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it yeah. starts with mercy saying i be the witch of the woods yeah. and so she says that to her father he drags her inside and then it's like he's so he's for somebody that thinks he knows so much about god and the way things are he's like first he's like your daughter's not bewitched tell your mother what you said about the twins and she starts telling her and then it's like then he then he is then like he ends up locking all three of them in the thing but the thing that really cements to me that i we don't know what happened to mercy and jonas they're, no, they're gone. We don't. we don't see bodies. They're just gone, right? Well, when 
when Caleb is, they're trying to all pray around Caleb when he when he comes back, right? You know, his just magnificent yeah. death scene. Yeah. They can't remember their fucking prayers, right? And yeah. they start to convulse and they lose consciousness because they, yeah. they have been bewitched because they've been fucking running around. Hey, I mean, they're running around singing tribute to Black Philip all the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. So where do they go? I mean, hopefully they're so... Ugh. like i'm hoping they just got turned into that witch butter but i you think know. the explanation for the parents becomes that uh she's the one who's doing it she's yeah well that's then they she's, say oh that's she's, your fault she's manipulating them she's using her powers to cover herself and which, like it's dude which isn't covering her at all <laughs> well and then here's another thing right here's another thing that the, the it's, you know we were talking about how people are afraid of the natives or 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 the other religion or this or that the patriarchal society at that time guess what they were fucking terrified of women right yeah and and having any power and she's a strong and they talk about this in that in that bonus uh, interview as well like they're all afraid of her budding sexuality you see it through the whole fucking movie oh yeah right and then yeah. the, the climactic scene with the mother she's like calling her a slut and a whore and all this stuff it's like jesus christ it's like what just because she, i mean it's like, oh, she's got tits. She's the enemy, you know? It's like, well, you know, I mean, but there's a, there's even an even, there's, I, I, if, I don't know if you catch this. There's an interesting moment, though, where when she's arguing with the father after Kate, when Caleb dies and she runs uh, off into the forest and he comes to comfort her, where she said, she blames him. She says, you brought yep. us here. Yep. Oh, we left the colony. It is you who cannot manage your yeah. wife. It is you who cannot grow, grow any crops. You can't do anything but chop wood, she says. Wood. Yeah. <laughs> like literally <laughs> challenging his manhood and saying like, step up and be a man. Step yep. up and be the man of this family because we don't have anyone that is being that. Yeah. And um, that's a great so scene. She, that's like, oh, I love it. It's an interesting moment because in the same way that she's expressing her power as a woman and like in challenging the patriarchy, She's backing it up by telling him, look, stop making this about me being yeah. more powerful and be a man. Step up and be a man. You're not being a man. So it's it's expressing itself by making everyone else blame me because I have my own power. Yeah. And it's an interesting moment. It's interesting that like she's telling him to be a man. And he well, he's like, You're taking power from me because you're not being a goddamn. Yeah, it's like, well, dude, literally, he's not doing moment. shit. Everything he does, he fucks up. Like he just, and it, it's starting with the fact that he couldn't just shut the fuck up and like, like it's, and he says at one point he's praying, right? He like breaks down. Yeah. He's praying. He's like, I'm, I'm, uh, my pride yeah. with the filth of pride, and it's like no yeah. fucking shit, buddy, right? Like you, dude, you got your family there, and now it's your fault. Oh my god, like. Oh God, I, man, I don't know. It's, again, the, the, that whole, it just shows what fucking stupid, what a stupid species we are. You know, I mean, you like to think that <laughs> it's not all of us and, you know, there's always exceptions and we're getting better, but like, that's like, not that fucking long. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, the devil this, the devil that. It's like, no, dude, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, I, I, you know, there was, there's some other stuff in there that like, I, I was like, wow, this is interesting. Um to go back to the concept of folk horror and like stories was that um okay caleb caleb is younger than thomason obviously but well one of the things we see expressed is that it, 
Caleb has has got stirring sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways it expresses itself is he's he's he can't he, he's checking out his sister. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incestuous, it's troublesome, but he is this poor guy that's stuck out in the middle of this forest all by himself. Yeah, thanks again, Dad. His sister, <laughs> his sister, yeah. His sister is older than him, and like he doesn't want to have these lingering moments of looking at her, but he does. It's biology. And like, yeah, and like um, you know, he can't help but keep checking out her chest. And I found it very fascinating and, and interesting that like from the perspective of another folktale, when he's lost in the forest and he chases the rabbit because he's trying to gain food for the family and then comes upon that house. Uh, when the witch comes out, she's this young... Vivacious. Viva- yes, vivacious, curvy woman. And she i mean she's bursting out of her dress like these these breasts are bodacious and um we've already seen him barely checking out his sister's like kind of barely there like chest oh my god here's this woman she's wearing this tight dress her breasts are about to pop out of it she's got these large doe eyes this very pretty face this hair like she's gorgeous gorgeous and he's and he just is lured in. Um, one of the things that caught me was I didn't catch it the first time I watched it. She's wearing a red hood, mm-hmm. which feels like an interesting take on the red Redding hood story, because one of the takes on the red Redding hood story, and um, it's expressed in uh, like Company of Wolves, as well as some other ver- variations on the story that. The wolf is supposed to be expressed not only as literally as a wolf, like you could be out in the forest as a girl running this wolf, but deeper into the the subtext of this story is people telling their children, their their daughters, young daughters, these stories of you go under under the road by yourself, you're going to run into wolves. And the wolves are in this story wolves but in the context of the world they are men yes men are going to come for you they're going to start talking to you they're going to talk to you sweet they're going to want to talk to you they're going to want to do things to you it's no mistake that one of the things that she says to the wolf after it's eaten grandma in the story is what big teeth you have grandma what a big mouth you have it depends on the story but the variations are big teeth big mouth um but either way, the response is always the same. The better to eat you with, my dear. Which can be, uh, which is quite literally in some versions of the story, like a French versions, a direct statement of Connellinus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, it's an expression of be careful, ladies, out in the world. The men are there for you and they want you sexually and they're going to come for you sexually. So when the when the when there's the witch, so it's a twist on the story because yeah, it's now a it. woman. It's this beautiful older woman, and it's this poor young man. When she goes to 
goes to him and she's going to now take his youth from him or whatever she needs to to make herself young because we see her hand that comes up it's an old man's hand um she's not going to eat him she kisses him and we get the idea that like the kiss the sexuality is going to draw power away from him Mm -hmm. and it's an interesting take on that concept this is an interesting uh twist on the, the on the old story and it becomes about uh, the world being as dangerous for a young man. Like there are going to be older women too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Thomason, there, there's the there's the there's the allure of the of the handsome devil for Thomas for for her brother. It's this vivacious, curvy yeah. young witch. And either way, like you're. Um, your passions, your passions can lead you dangerous places. Yeah, um, and definitely. I mean, and it goes back to what you said about Eyes of Fire, where it manifests as what you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and, and the other thing too about the story, I mean, because I'm not saying that passions are evil, but like, I think one of the things that the story suggests, especially in the way that everyone is so, everyone is so guarded, everyone is so buttoned down um if caleb had been able possibly to go to his parents either of them and say i'm having these weird moments mom and dad because it doesn't just occur when he wakes up and looks at her as she's sleeping it's later at the river when she when he comes and she's at the river like again he's looking at her and she's like what's wrong with you and he's like nothing i don't nothing it's not something to talk about he is stuck in having to deal with these feelings on his own. And if he goes to either of his parents, they're going to be like, the devil has got you. Yeah, exactly. Like, and like, exactly. Might, they might make him take his pants down and like whip his penis or something like, who <laughs> yeah, knows? Man. Who knows? What manner of treatment they might have come up with. But like, there's certainly like a very like weirded out by sex society. And like. But dude, he's, he, at one point they referenced the children he, when he's, him and uh, Caleb are going into the woods and he's making him recite like his like Bible knowledge or whatever. He's yeah. saying like, wh- why, you know, basically I'm from sin. So in other words, like the fact that yeah. the, the mother and the father had to have a sex to have to conceive a child. Is yes. Sin. Like, you're, you're yes. Fucking serious. <laughs> yes. Which is a criticism of which, which is a criticism of Christianity. And it's a, it's yeah, a rightful absolutely. Christianity. Absolutely. It's a rightful criticism of Christianity. And the fact that like, um, your maker there's, gave you this biology, whatever that maker is. Well, not just know? that, but I mean, original sin, like that's that's a big part of the, the, the of, uh, of of the Genesis, a big part yeah. of the like the story of Adam and Eve. That like they like the big thing about the story is that like they they taste the fruit, and now they realize, oh my God, we're naked, so they cover yeah. themselves up. And when the and covering themselves up and being ashamed of their bodies, God shows up and goes wait you weren't like this before you know now you know oh oh you gotta go oh oh i'm punishing you and what your punishment is you're gonna have you're gonna have to live lives and eventually you're gonna die you're no longer immortal you're dead you're gonna die so get ready for the garden of eden and well and 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 and, and, dude and the the pain of labor or whatever but but like like, like i've said this I'm sure on this podcast, every person born is born with the concept of original sin attached to them because yeah. we come from the concept of 
two people had to do it for us to get born. Yeah, and exactly. those people so, doing it was a sin. So it's, it's attached to the people who are produced out of it. I mean, which is the, um, the, it's, the it's a that, weird way to make people worship and attach to a, a religion, but it's one of the ways that well, it's done. That, that's well it's one of the main ways it's done right it's all yeah. fear, right but i mean like yeah. i've said this before and it's the idea it, it lucifer morningstar the light bringer like he's literally the bad guy to, in christianity because he showed up and was like you don't have to be stupid and naked so <laughs> yeah. what does that tell you that you know the supposed god wanted them to be stupid and naked like that's fucking weird man well you know what what's interesting i mean it's an interesting that you bring that up yeah um uh, that is a that 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 is a that, a lot of that comes from a lot of that like story and how it's interpreted and even the way Christianity grabbed onto it was from um, Paradise Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because in the in the actual biblical text That's which true. I've read, it's a serpent, and the serpent is actually punished. The serpent has legs in the story. Yeah, it's, and they bruise actually, his heel. When he, well, yeah, oh, so when they, when they, when they are cast out, the serpent is cast out and his legs are taken away from him. Yeah. So he has to crawl on his belly on the warm earth. Yeah. For the rest of time. And, and then, um, Paradise Milton comes along and writes Paradise Lost and people go, oh, look, the serpent, the, the devil was there. Yeah. And like, was the devil there or was, or maybe not? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. I I forgot about that. It's funny how those. It's funny how those two things, the Bible story and the, and Paradise Lost, are so interconnected in modern consciousness. I mean, it's it's like yeah. you almost can't extract you. You have to sit down and like like really re, kind of reread the texts in order to, exactly. to separate them. exactly. But I um, mean, it's even it's there in this movie. I mean, you've got the rabbit and you've got the yeah. and you've got the goat and the goat. I mean, there's religious texts that are that that talk about him as uh, Satan uh, or the adversary of appearing as this as this uh, person with a with a goat's head, yeah, uh, with multiple eyes. And there's also uh, I didn't know this, but I was reading a little bit uh, trivia about the the witch and like that the hair appears in different early texts especially at that period as like being uh treacherous and almost like a um uh in native american text they have the uh they have the uh, coyote uh, a trickster spirit yeah 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 uh someone that drives people into evil and in in uh um uh is uh intentionally doing bad things yeah. to lure people in or intentionally luring people in towards evil um and uh yeah it, that's when we yeah. see that that rabbit is it, that rabbit is it, it uh, on screen is as um as villainous as the goat is yeah which is yeah. to say depending on how much you give yourself over to the symbology and the concept of like those are either the devil wait, or the wait. devil as a manifestation wait. The symbolism it's, it's either them it's either them creating that or it's actually happening it's hard to say it's how much you you want to do how much you want to go down that road yeah definitely um oh man i there, there's so much oh my god oh and it really just all goes down to once again it's like just accept responsibility for your own fucking actions for fuck's sake 
You know, it's like, uh, uh, drives me fucking crazy. But I think that's, um, that, 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 that just bleeds into one of the things that I think is great about folk horror too. Is it's a lot about interpretation. It's a lot about yeah. how you, how you view things, how you understand them. Like, uh, I'll, I, I don't want to touch too heavily on this because I'll get more into it when we go, when we get to this movie. But um, I expressed the statement that when I finally watched the old Wicker Man, how much I didn't think the villagers were evil. Oh, I don't with think the that at all. With the exception of a, of a human sacrifice, a lot of the things that I think in the 60s would have worked is like, look at how, look at how, like, evil they are like i'm like sitting there thinking like they just seem like hippies to me they just I, seem I really mean, free and really the, and like the not bogged down by the by christianity like yeah. i'm like they're not over they're like they're not given over to this like concept of like the body's bad you all have to be covered up and what do you do and dancing naked well it feels good no it doesn't god oh no the devil is in you like yeah right well and the inspector you know? he's he borderline it's like oh he's almost a fucking like somebody from the crusades like he's ready he's yeah. shouting at people constantly how yeah. they're wrong and they're pagan and they're disgusting and this i mean yeah. it's like bro he's like you're you're the out-of-towner you better watch your yeah ass. exactly like really hey, be, but he really down, he's, buddy. he comes in from that position that he's right which is what we're talking about with all of this where it's like this culture yeah. that's like butting up against an indigenous you know culture and saying like i'm right i'm right and you're wrong and it's like man you yeah. you really talk about some fucking audacity. you gotta calm down <laughs> yeah exactly. like dude that guy that guy if you look up audacity in the fuck in my dictionary it's his picture holy fuck man yeah uh, you're yeah. right oh, i think unreal. it's but, you know what i think it's one of the reasons that in the um in like to go back to the first one when eyes of fire the reason that uh, Marion makes it. I mean, Marion faces down the witch. Marion actually becomes like stuck yeah. for a while with the witch in whatever like weird tree uh, parallel universe there is. Eventually becomes free of the witch and returns to his wife. And I think that one of the reasons that he is allowed to is because he's a lot more closer to, he's a lot closer to land. He's a lot more in tune with things. He's a lot more of like, hey, let's not be here because this isn't a good place to be. Yeah. And and Smythe is like, no, no, the Lord will provide. The Lord will save us. And I think the reason, and I, and I think it's another reason, um, I think it's the reason that the, the evil doesn't take Smythe. The evil instead like drives Smythe to suicide. Like we hear, we hear, and we see him cock the gun, and then we hear the gunshot. Yeah, they don't show up. They don't. They don't take his spirit. They don't. And they don't pull him in, um, because they can realize that it's a, it's another. The witch can understand it's another belief structure that she then will have to come up against. So instead, she just rids herself of him. Yeah, and person she does try to shake, Marion. Is a lot more in tune with the land. Is a lot more in tune with the native peoples. Yeah, he actually totally. speaks the language of the native well, peoples. When um, you first and see is able him, to break he... free because of the spirit of another person that's a lot more in tune with nature. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, when you first see him, he he comes in that weird 
like costume disguise thing and he's like actually talking to the natives um it's like he understands because he because of the nature like he's a hunter right or a trapper so it's like he understands the land in a way that a lot of the other you know um europeans there don't and and he realizes like I mean, in order to, I feel like in order to do that, you're living off the land. So you have to kind of live with the land and like learn from it. Right. So he's close yeah, to exactly, indigenous exactly. belief systems than somebody like Smythe, who is a perfect distillation of, you know, the preacher where it's just like, he's just using it to get what he wants. So. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, and then, and, and plus you know, he's, it ends badly for him. Yeah. And plus he's, it's, he's, he's opposite of the land. He wants he wants to he wants to um he wants to settle it he wants to yeah. colonize it colonize it he wants to he wants to build cities on t- and forts and things on top of it um he wants to bring his his culture and his civilization symbolized by the books and uh and and build libraries on top of it and and it and it doesn't want that it's like no thank you no that's not what we want um uh I didn't think about this before, but it's probably one of the reasons why at the end of the film, why when um, the two girls have told their story and the, and the captain says, well, can you take these girls away? Why we see that uh, French soldier that has the eyes of the witch yeah. because they're now that evil. Yeah, yeah. The colonizers are now that evil. They're now spreading their belief structure. They're now going to take over the land. Um, and, That's interesting. And uh they're going to become the prominent evil of the of 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 the world. They're going to be the ones that spread and colonize America and and make it into the cities and things we live in now, and wow. take away the connection to the nature. Wow, good way to wrap that, man. That's fucking awesome. That was totally my accident. Just, just oh. yeah, but that's what happens when you have conversations like this. Is you know, it's exactly. like that's the whole point. Is <laughs> you you're looking for illumination and and for yeah, you know these connections so uh, what do you say we stop there i was we were going to go into some other things but i think we can we can in the next sticks and stones we can kind of touch i would like to touch back on a little bit of eyes of fire to segue into some other stuff because there's some overlapping um so until then i'm sean i'm ray and this has been sticks and stones a presentation of the horror vision horror podcast